welcome back once again to the Kentucky Kernels of Truth. We are your Kentucky hunters of the weird, wild, and true crime. I am Kate Denny, still loving my desk job far. What doesn't kill me only shortens my life (laughs) (laughs) and makes me more susceptible to illness in the future. I'm Wes Brown. I'm okay. Well, wait, I'm not ready, Kevin Barr. Oh, my God. And I am just the normal Era Harris. <laughs> we have to have one. Yeah. I think baby, it, baby, you're spectacular. Uh, it, does she meet our, our, because she's the normal one and we're not, she's the disability American at the table? <laughs> well, seeing as I have diabetes, fibromyalgia, migraines, night terrors. Yes, I'm the normal one. Hmm. <laughs> I've, I've, yet to, I've yet to experience okay. the night terrors. Good for you. You will. Yeah. You will. My brother used to have night terrors. Um, yeah, he's, he's, I've seen the, I've been the recipient of her night terror. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like getting punched in the back in the middle of the night. Wow. Or her waking up, sitting bolt upright, suddenly looking over at you, looking at her like, what? She just screams at you. (laughs) Yeah. I get that good old fashioned sleep paralysis where I know I'm in a dream and I can't wake up. I hate that. Yeah. It's fun. A lot. It sucks. Yes. That's why oh. I take drugs, because better life through chemistry. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's Get right. your serotonin and dopamine over the counter. Because if you can't make your own, store-bought is just fine. Yes, it is. No shame. That's Indeed. right. So, of course, I had to miss the last half of, her, of the show last week because my brain just hurt too bad. Yeah. And I, and I take my knockout pill and go lay down. Thank you, What's that? Thinking too hard. Thinking too hard, yes. And, uh, of course, when I went to uh, uh, edit the episode, I got to listen and uh, and hear about the great email we got from Jeffrey. Yes. So yeah. it does count as two votes. Two That's votes. right. And honestly, if his girlfriend does write write a, a Bigfoot lesbian erotica, I'll read it regardless. Yes, that's please. Effort. Please, yeah, that's please write this, this and send This it is in. read it on, on, the, on the podcast, not just read it to yourself. Right, right, right. Yes. But what's funny about that is that, home. of course, you know, you guys are uh, recording here in my kind of breakfast nook area, and just down the hall, I'm passed out. In my bedroom, <laughs> and the doors cracked open, and I kind of am coming, kind of going in and out of consciousness. of consciousness as the pill kicks in, and I just kind of hear you start laughing and getting real excited about someone named Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeff. I hear, I know, oh no, I hear email. I, I hear something about email, and then Jeffrey, and I, I swear, I was like, well, I must. This must be a really weird hallucination because I think. That, that makeup Jeffrey guy that Kate loves so much wrote us no. for some reason. Jeffrey Star. No, because I would have been screaming. Like, <laughs> would, legitimately. Been, just like, she'd been fangirling pitched, pretty oh hard. Oh my God. And, yeah. and would have passed out mm. cold. Can we call him Jeff Fafa? Jeff Fafa? <laughs> but, but Jeffrey, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for writing in. And I will definitely read your girlfriend's erotica. Yes. If she, it, should Absolutely. she finish it and send it in, regardless of how many votes I get. And, and I if give Jeffree Star actually ever yeah. emails us, I will be going full fangirl. on fangirl. Yeah, like one hundred percent. Yeah, but I was like guaranteed. Yeah, but I heard I heard you get real giggly about a name about a name <laughs> Jeffrey, and I was like, okay, my brain is making weird things happen. Gonna... It, it was so much we want we didn't want to tell you right ahead no. of time because right. we wanted to sit you have you sitting at the table and then tell you and get your reaction and then the yeah. brain herpes kicked in. Yeah, yeah. we're like, yeah. damn it. Yeah, which, which they're all cleared up. I've got some 
hitting on my face now. I'm scarred for life. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. You're so uh, sexy to me. Uh, I know I am, baby. Because you need glasses. But, uh, <laughs> oh, <snaps. laughs> I wear contacts. I know. It's dig on me, not on you. Oh, uh, but okay. So We did get a message on Twitter. Oh, boy. From who? It's from Reba. Mm. And uh, she included a link to a CNN story that the title is A Numbing Medicine Turned a Woman's Blood Blue. Oh, I saw this. And she said, thanks to your podcast, this entire article made sense to me. And oh, she sweet. said, love you guys. Keep up the great work. Thank so, you, Reba. Thank you so yeah. much, Reba. We really appreciate it. Keep Claps. listening. Yeah. Kudos to Reba. And, and you know, thank you so much. We we really love hearing from, back from people that, that, that listen. Uh it, it kind of does feel like you're just talking into microphones and singing it out into the void, but it's so wonderful to, to, to hear. Because I'm not, we're, we're never going to make it time <laughs> off this. Oh, God, I'm so much in the hole in this thing. This is, this is, this is my. I mean, to us, it kind of seems like we just sit around oh, and talk to each yeah. other for fun on Saturday night. Oh, and because of the mention of money, take a shot. <laughs> Why is that? Because our drinking game. Money? Yeah, but anytime we met, we mention how far in the hole you are. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. Now you get a drink of a <laughs> sugar-free energy drink. You're Yikes. welcome. <laughs> oh boy. <Ooh. laughs> Yikes. Gotta love the diabetic. Anyway, yeah. Oh, and yeah. just and just to be that guy, thank you, Reba. Please share with all your friends so we can get their comments too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're just we're just out here to entertain people. And just so you could say, hey, yeah, you're you're almost famous because you're on a podcast. <laughs> like everybody else <laughs> almost famous i've yeah. had to explain what a podcast is to so many people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> don't make that face oh, no, <laughs> like, i'm thinking, like, oh my I'm thinking of, one of the, the one of the guys at work that i've had a conversation with about this Oh, Lord. He still hasn't gone on our Facebook page to insult me yet. There you go. Yeah. I told I told him though if you go, I told him he can go onto the Colonel's of Truth Facebook page and insult me all he wants, but he has to vote for West to read the erotica. Yeah, <laughs> that's why he won't. Well, no, he 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 was actually trying to talk two mother, two more coworkers into doing it. Right. <laughs> you know, in fact, since, since did, did did Jeffrey tell say him I'm not going to mention him on the podcast because he's being a heifer and he won't go on the Facebook I did page. Mention, I already did mention <laughs> him last tell time. him I called him a heifer. I'll tell him you called him a heifer. There you go. Did did Jeffrey mention his girlfriend's name? No. Okay. Well, but Jeffrey's girlfriend. I wish I wish I could give you more agency than that. Uh, <laughs> but if anybody, again, if anybody actually writes something like that, hell, I'll read it. I don't give a shit. I'll read yes, it. Yes, please. If you, if you'll be a mini episode during the week. Yeah. If, you're, yeah, you if you will. if you put in the effort and you want to hear me be a buffoon, I I will oblige you. I mean, like. Shoot, Wes and I will sit here and take turns reading. Yeah, it. yeah. We, we might even we might even do character voices. I well, I, what yeah. I what I might do is because I've I've got a little camcorder that I like, and I'm uh been playing with it and playing. I I got a little uh, Mac Mini you, that I you I've, got uh, a gorilla suit too, don't you? No, don't you? No, <laughs> you can admit it. A gorilla suit? Yeah, no. You guys have foot. a onesie though. No, no, I don't. <laughs> Ew. Ew. They sell those at Walmart, man. Did you know that? They still be the big uh uh they're they're like the Ted I'm a branded. Groomie. The yeah. Chewbacca onesies. Oh no, it's a Ted branded. It's like the Ted the Teddy Bear with uh with uh Mark what's his face? Yeah, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh god, it's infected rural America. <laughs> Gross. But if you're no but what? Yeah, you can buy you can buy a big furry onesie suit at uh at Walmart in the men's section. You guys can't see the look on my oh, face. Oh yeah. But... yeah, it's Oh, it's it's just fantastic. If you're if you're a furry, oh, you know what? No. Uh, maybe hmm, maybe <laughs> just, maybe 
Maybe no. put that energy into something else. No, don't you're not. Be judgy. You're not. You're not. I'm not being judgy. I'm just Most saying. Most of the furries that I've met are actually pretty cool. Okay. So those you, suits can't be. <laughs> no, they, they have to be. You're right. High. You're right. I'm being. I'm being very normative. If you're a furry, when, you're when, fine. When they get just out don't be a Walmart suit. furry. Yeah, don't be a Walmart. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's, that's people. Low class. That's like people of Walmart yeah, furry. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't be a Walmart furry. Yeah, don't be a people of Walmart. I I I hate going to Walmart because mm. when I walk in within thirty seconds I'm mad. Yeah. Usually because I'm looking at the person who is you know riding my ass with the shopping cart like, oh no you did not, <laughs> no you didn't even buy me dinner you didn't ask me out you didn't give me flowers or nothing get off my ass or I'm gonna shove something up yours. <laughs> Really? You encounter so many people at Walmart. No, she's just hostile. Oh. <laughs> no, I just, I don't like people in my personal space. Right. And I have a personal space bubble. Mm-hmm. And anytime you go to Walmart, people are hell bent on invading that. And I'm like, People no, avoid me. Just, no. No. I have that <laughs> face. <laughs> Same with me, but I have that face of leave me alone. Right, right, right. I have the face of, please, come and tell me your entire life story up close and personal. And I'm like, no, get away from me. <laughs> because resting bitch face, I don't have that until I'm starting to get annoyed with you. Mm-hmm. What's really great is when you have tattoos on your arm and some stranger comes up to you and and goes, oh, look at your arm and grabs your arm and looks at it and goes, oh, my bad, and lets it go. Yeah, that's Like, you just bloody touched me. Go away. It's like, oh, look, I just lopped off your hand. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't touch people. Hell no. Yeah, yeah don't yeah, touch people. Yeah, that's happened twice mm-hmm. so far. Oh, no. <laughs> this is why my tattoos are where you can't see them. Giggity. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> All right. That's 10. That, for everyone that hates tangents and personal talk, that's 10 solid minutes. So <laughs> let's get to the meat. As we get to the nastiest well, part of I mean, this Well, part of it is because we're, we're kind of consciously avoiding the fact that this is the part. That of, we warned you about last time. Yeah, this is the ugly we part. we really did warn you about because it is, it's brutal. And as much as I do like reading about true crime this one gets to me yeah it really does it's brutal it's hard to read about it's harder to talk about but it's important because we should not forget victims first of all and secondly shanda was 12 yes these girls were between 15 and 17 Mm -hmm. when they did this to her and i just i cannot fathom what it what it takes to actually carry this out i don't understand it's not very human actually i mean there's in the military they actually have to train people there's it's called killology it's literally it's literally called killology where they have to uh get them acclimated to the idea of shooting other humans they after world war one i believe mm -hmm. they started they they purposely instead of their target practice instead of bullseyes it was man-shaped silhouettes to get them right. used to the idea. Human beings normally don't want to kill other human beings. They'll avoid no. it. And I realize that part of it is that... Humans are pack animals. Well, that and Melinda, you know, was severely abused and was exposed to so much horrible, horrible stuff Yeah, growing up. It wasn't me. That sounded expensive. <laughs> 
Yep. But uh, but yeah, but, that, 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 but that's always the formula, you know. Yeah. And it's 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 the same. Every when you read about it, read about all the 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 perpetrators, um, you, every one of them, it's it's the same cycle of abuse of of neglect of mm-hmm. of uh, it's there's a formula but and I it's a, also it's want a self to, oh, I'm sorry go ahead. I, I'm sorry I also want to point out too that um the four of these girls who did this to Shanda you know their parents divorced and remarried mm-hmm. or you know their parents were just awful but Shanda's parents had divorced and remarried and in her mother's case had divorced again but Shanda's parents moved to like Louisville and to New Albany together and they co-parented Shanda together. Right. They were not married to each other, but they still parented Shanda together. Right. It's like, I don't know. I mean, it seems like in these cases it's, there's abuse and neglect and so on and so forth. But it's also like, well, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I, I don't know what to say other than it seems like um, everybody's like either they're raised in abuse and abusive, neglectful homes mm. and they turn out like this or they have excellent parenting and they still turn out like this. Right. It's a real crapshoot. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like it's a real nature versus nurture thing there's there is like there's the one way with the bad parenting and neglect where it it kind of bangs them into that shape yeah and then sometimes sometimes you do have straight up just just sociopaths psychopaths so it's i know it's there's well i mean it's mm, like if we start talking about columbine you know eric harrison dylan klebold were raised by normal middle-class parents Mm mm-hmm in normal suburban neighborhoods by all accounts you know their parents were decent parents and you know here's here's a strange thought could it be the banality of their lives that drove them that way could be i mean uh this is uh, i've been reading about the, the uh, and listening to certain podcasts about the uh i think it was sweden where they broke where they burned down the black metal bands burned down the churches uh-huh they did that because they were born they had eld they lived in sweden one of the most progressive and and uh, oh yeah, and uh, 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 countries in the world, all of their needs were met by right. by society, and they had they not bored. Yeah, they were bored, and they like, well, let's become black metal guys and become racists and satanists and and burn down churches, and because they had nothing better else to do. Mm-hmm. I think that also has to do with the mental disorder. Yeah, also, I mean, yeah. but yeah, and at there, you have the. Nature versus nurture. You have the nature that you have a mental disorder. Sometimes you're just born crazy. Yeah, there is that too. There mm-hmm. are some people that just want to watch the world burn, and that's and that's mm-hmm. one thing. <laughs> Thanks, Kev. Kevin, <laughs> you don't want to watch the world burn. You just want to watch the world simmer. <laughs> yeah. Slow boil. Yeah, you just want to, you literally just want to stir the pot. Yeah, there you go. And then you have the ones like Melinda that. Yeah, they she was abused mentally, physically, sexually, spiritually, and, and then ended up to the point to where when her dad left, he led her on with letters, "Oh, you're going to be my daughter. It's going to be great." And eventually, just severed all ties, and she yeah. just lost her bloody mind because of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like she was looking for someone to hurt in retaliation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so she chose 
Shonda? Shanda. Shanda. Sorry. I'm Texan. I talk funny. That's okay. <laughs> and so she chose Shanda as the equivalent of the asshole of the week. Yep. Hmm. And we don't know because no one has really said anything about how she treated Amanda Heverin when she was with Amanda Heverin. Because I also have to wonder if she didn't threaten Amanda and, you know, smack her around. We don't know that. Right, because it's never mentioned. No. Which is worrisome. And I would, if I had to guess, I would say she probably engaged in that cycle of abuse. And if she didn't just do the, you know, normal smacking or um, mental abuse, she might have hurt her in other ways, like squeezing mm-hmm. too hard on one thing or another. It's still mm-hmm. abuse, but yeah. it's, it's more quiet abuse that a lot of a lot of young girls won't talk about. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So where, where are we going to... St- are we are we going to get into the murder itself? Or are we going to talk about? Well, her they now? abducted her first. Okay, okay, that's why I'm saying we're going to get into the lead so up. So we're starting for the pre-abduction. Yes, yeah. which is the night of January 10th, 1992, and uh, that was when uh, Tony Lawrence, Hope Rippy, and Lori Tackett got into Lori Tackett's car and went from Madison to. Uh, Melinda Lovelace's house in New Albany. Uh, Tony Lawrence had not uh, met Melinda Lovelace until then. Uh, Hope Rippy had and got along with her. When they got there, they borrowed clothes from Melinda and she showed them a knife and hmm. told them she was going to scare Shanda. Hmm. Uh, do, do we know what kind of knife it was? Was it like a kitchen knife or? Um, I think later on they talk about um, they stabbed her with a paring knife. Okay, I was just, I was just wondering what, what the 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 acquiring the knife would put some things in context, like if she had a house with like combat knives lying, lying around. No, I think like, later on it talks about they stabbed her with a paring knife. Oh shit! Okay, which is small blade, yeah. very small blade. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They're really not very long at all. Nope, and they're usually not. Well, in, in anybody's kitchen, most most of the time, they're not very sharp in mm. most kitchens. Mm. That's how my mom ended up needing stitches. Yep. Dull, blade, knives, dull blades cut the deepest. Yep. Herring yep. knives ragged. are supposed to be very, very sharp. That's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, but everybody uses them for everything at home. Uh-huh. Right. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry to do your well. I, I, I was just looking for, I was looking for well, context. That's okay. So. I mean, um. Uh, Lori Tackett and Tony Lawrence had not met Shanda. Lori had already known of the plan to intimidate Shanda. And Melinda's excuse, she didn't like Shanda because she was a copycat Hmm. and she stole her girlfriend. Hmm. That was her reason. So they drove and Lori let Hope Rippy, who was 15, uh, drive to Jeffersonville, Indiana, which is across the river from Louisville. And that's where Shanda uh, stayed with her father on weekends. 
They stopped at a McDonald's to ask for directions. Uh, and they arrived at uh, Shanda's daddy's house uh, before dark. Uh, Melinda told Hope and Tony to go to the door and introduce themselves as friends of Amanda Heverins and invite Shanda to come with them to see Amanda, who was waiting for them at the witch's castle. Hmm. What's that? Uh, It's a ruined stone house on an isolated hill overlooking the Ohio River at Mistletoe Falls. Hmm. Yeah. Reminds me of the uh, the vampire hotel from uh from that's in the middle of uh LBL. Yep, where Rod Farrell and his crew used to hang out. Yeah, it's all, there's always some place like that in town. There always is. And uh, Shanda said she couldn't go because her parents were awake, and uh, she told them to come back around midnight. Uh, Melinda was angry at first, but Hope and Tony. Uh, said, we'll just come back for later. They crossed the river to Louisville and uh, attended a uh, punk rock show by the band Sunspring Mm. at the Audubon Skate Park near I-65. Tony and Hope quickly lost interest in the music and went to the parking lot and engaged in what they refer to as sexual activities with two boys inside Lori's car. Hmm. Eventually, the four girls left for Shanda's house during the ride. Melinda said she couldn't wait to kill Shanda. However, Melinda said also said she just intended to use the knife to scare her. Uh, when they arrived at Shanda's at 12.30 in the morning, Tony refused to res- retrieve Shanda, so Lori and Hope went to the door. Melinda hid under a blanket in the backseat of the car with a knife. Hmm. Hope, told, Hope told Shanda that Amanda was still at the witch's castle. Shanda was reluctant to go with them, but she said she would after changing her clothes. When they got in the car, Hope began questioning Shanda about her relationship with Amanda. All the while Melinda's in the back listening. Of course. Under a blanket. And she yeah. sprang out from, uh, Melinda sprang out from the back seat and put a knife to Shanda's throat and began interrogating her about her sexual relationship with Amanda. Mm-hmm. Which is just, just yeah. a horrific thought. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine that these there are these girls that you kind of know, but really don't? Yeah. And they're like, well, you just come on with us. It'll be fine. You know, it'll be fun. We'll just just sneak out. It, you know, just no big right. deal. And then all of a sudden, someone springs up from the back of the car with a knife and puts it to your throat and starts, you know. Interrogating. Yeah. Like, s- interrogating you, just bang, bang, yeah, bang, Yeah, screaming bang, in your bang. ear. Yeah. Yeah. That's horrific, you know. It's uh, yeah, it's nightmare shit, actually. Yeah, and they drove towards uh, the witch's castle, which is apparently in Utica, Indiana. Uh, Lori told the girls that local legends said the house was once owned by nine witches, and that the townspeople burned down the house to get rid of the witches, hmm. which sounds like more teenage girl shit. Yeah. 
kind of like uh, how uh, Hammerhead Hill in, here in town is um, uh, everything from witchcraft to not not outside of was did I say it was Dixon or Clay that Hammerhead Hill was my brain still hurts. Um, I'm trying to remember. It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. But there's, it's there's one yeah, of the again, two. again, there's always one of those places that yeah. you know. There's always a hell's half acre somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. and you know it's like Gravity <clears throat> Hill. There's always a Gravity Hill. The one in Princeton, actually. Yep, there yeah. sure is. Yeah, but but yeah, it, it, it's it's it again how horrible this is. But how many of these, how many of these pieces are locking into place that it's it's all parts of your own childhood. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's re- that's, what, that's what makes this really upsetting is because this could have been any point in your own childhood where yeah. things just go south. Yes. You know. uh, when they got there, they pulled Shanda, who was just sobbing in terror, inside and tied her arms and legs with rope. Uh, Melinda taunted her that she had pretty hair and wondered how pretty... She would look if they cut it off, which mm. scared her more. Mm-hmm. Melinda began taking off Shanda's rings and handed each to the girls. At some point, Hope had taken Shanda's Mickey Mouse watch and danced to the tune that it played. Mm. Lori further taunted Shanda, claiming that the witch's castle was filled with human remains and that Shanda's would be next. To further threaten Shanda, uh, Lori then retrieved a shirt with a smiley design from the car and lit it on fire, (laughs) but immediately feared that the fire would be spotted by passing cars that the girls left with Shanda. Mm -hmm. During the car ride, Shanda just begged them to take her home. Right. Melinda ordered Shanda to slip off her bra, which she then handed over to Hope who slid her own bra off and replaced it with Shanda's while steering the car. What? They were still letting the 15-year-old drive. Hmm. That's an odd thing. And talented. Yeah. I mean, I can take off my bra without taking off my shirt, but I can't drive and do it at the same time. Yeah, and then put on another one? Yeah, no. Mm-mm, not happening. It said replace, so I'm I know, assuming I'm like, that they're changing. I, I wouldn't... I, yeah, no. I, don't I, don't, I mean, of course, besides the... You know, difficulty of it. That's just a bizarre decision. Yes, yeah, it is. Logi- besides the logistics of the situation, it's just, it's just an yeah. Odd I, I don't know what that symbolizes. Do. I don't yeah. know what that that's supposed to. I, Especially because yeah. this is someone who's kind of completely exterior to the whole situation. Right. Yeah. Right. Literally along for the ride. Yeah. Well, because of which, or part of it is they got lost, so they actually had to stop at a gas station and cover Chanda in a blanket so they could ask for directions. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and then Tony Lawrence called some boy she knew in Louisville and talked to him so that you know she could calm her nerves. But she didn't talk. She and I'm like, and the, and then in, in the Wikipedia article, but did not mention Shanda's abduction. Well, of course she didn't mention Shanda's abduction. Yeah. By the way, I kidnapped this twelve year old, and we're gonna murder her later. So what are you doing tonight? Right. So what, are you, what are you doing later? <laughs> that we might might hook up afterwards. We'll totally hook up because you know murdering somebody just makes me horny as hell. Who says that? I mean, come on now. Well, I mean, a lot of them in the interviews. That- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but come on Shit. now. Yeah, I know. Depends. Uh, you got a, a yeah. Like this, a this, this is this is, this is almost seven. becoming a uh, 
a Rob Zombie film, you know, just because yeah. of the, just because of the bizarre bizarre situation. I'm of almost it. surprised that Rob Zombie has not made this into a movie. Right, right. Yet. To be, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. But but it's like that. It's, it's like one of those little arty uh, horror films where it just weird things just keep taking turns. They have to stop and get directions with her under the blanket. Were they were they holding a knife to her the whole time, or because she could have screamed for help? Yeah, I would. But they probably so... just had her so so petrified. Yeah, then yeah. it was you know it, it was in New Albany. It's not huge, and given the fact of the hour, that's like around here. It, there's no one out at midnight. There's no one out at ten thirty. Yeah. So even if she would have hollered and screamed yeah. and whatever. It would have been. I mean, about eight o'clock. Of, the sidewalks roll up. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. Ain't nothing doing. Yeah. Even on a Friday night or a Saturday night. Nope. Yeah, that is kind of terrifying. Just the isolation. Yeah. Yeah. And after that, they got back in the car, got lost again, pulled up to another gas station, <laughs> and there, <sighs> Tony and Hope spotted a couple of boys and talked to them. Before once again getting back into the car and leaving, arriving sometime later at the edge of some woods near Lori's house in Madison. Hmm. So Lori led them to a dark garbage dump off a logging road in a densely forested area. Uh, Tony and Hope were scared and stayed in the car. And I'm like, really? You're scared now? Yeah. Sure you are. Shit's getting real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. It's no longer a game. Right. They're realizing it. And this is the part, if you guys, okay, guys, if you weren't horrified before, you might want to skip this next yeah, part. Yeah, this is an excellent part for a break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, yes. will, we will break for a moment. Give you time to run. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So or, or get popcorn if you're. You so know, we will see you all in just a moment. Well, welcome back after our short break, and seems well, like, if like you're still here, <laughs> get ready. Mm-hmm. People fighting out in the street. <laughs> yeah. I've got the windows. I thought I thought opening the windows would be a nice way to get a nice breeze in yeah. without actually creating any background noise. But Because no, it is actually nice outside. Yeah, but it's like 10 p.m. and people are going at it out in the street. Because it's Saturday night. What else are you going to yeah. do? Yeah. And because the windows are open, your cats hate. Smoke hates everybody now. Because <laughs> she just wants to sit by the window and not be disturbed. Oh, and by the way, take a shot. Yeah. Oh, kitty. Kitties. Yeah. Kittis. Kittis. <laughs> okay, we got the cute. We got the cutesy out of the way. Yeah. And now we're gonna, now we're gonna wade into the bad stuff. Yep. Because yeah, shit gets real. Mm-hmm. So, like I like I said, this is a. This is <clears throat> this is not the one you listen to with your kids. Nope. Nope. Because if you are, what is wrong with you? <laughs> this is not a cautionary tale. Hell, you should you listen to the fun ones with your kids. Yeah, listen to the we're fun filthy. ones with your kids. We have kids. filthy mouths. Yeah. Cocaine bear. <laughs> Cocaine bear. Yeah. Yes. We had filthy, filthy mouths back then, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, mm. we, we, I've listened to all of them. Cocaine bear. I'm sorry, yeah. baby. <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. That's how we know the relationship will work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's still here. I <laughs> <laughs> Quit throwing starbursts. 
It's back over there somewhere. Okay. All right. All right. To the <laughs> to the bad stuff. To the yes. bad stuff. So at this point, uh, we've gotten to the point where they've got to the garbage dump off of a logging road. Um, so Melinda and Lori made Chanda strip naked. Melinda beat Shanda with her fists. And then Melinda repeatedly slammed Shanda's face into her knee, which cut Shanda's mouth on her own braces. Yikes. Yeah. And that's bad enough. Yeah. That is bad enough. But Melinda then tried to slit Shanda's throat with a very dull knife and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's upsetting. Yes, it is. Now, did it did it cut it all, or you know, not did, enough? Did it actually have a, no. a wound, or just there or had to like be, a cat scratch? There had to be a wound at but that point, but it wasn't enough to actually hit the carotid artery. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at that point, Hope came out of the car to hold Chanda down. Melinda and Lori took turns stabbing Chanda in the chest. And then they strangled her mm. with a rope until she was unconscious, put her in the trunk of the car, and told the other two girls that Shanda was dead. Mm. Then they drove to Lori's house. Did they say how many times they had stabbed her before throwing no, her in the trunk? It does Just not. multiple times? Yes. Then they drove to Lori's house, went inside to drink soda and clean themselves up when they heard Shanda screaming in the trunk. Mm. Let that sink in for a minute. They right. heard her screaming in the trunk. Weren't they in the house? They were yeah. in the house. Mm -hmm. Lori went out with a paring knife and stabbed her several more times, coming back a few minutes later covered with blood. <sighs> After she washed, Lori told the girl's future with her rune stones. Because, you know, yes, we're still the Barnes and Noble goth. Right. <laughs> I have known so many rural kids that are into that shit. I'm sorry. I'm just. Uh, yes, I am bagging on her because yeah. I'm. This is just. I, I'm still. Take a deep breath. Oh yeah. Do <laughs> do do we know what the runestone said? Nope. Huh. Doesn't say in Wikipedia, and I'm not buying Aphrodite you're going Jones' on a, book. You're I've going been... on a long, long vacation. Who is Aphrodite? Who's Aphrodite Jones? Uh, she is an author, and she wrote the book Cruel Sacrifice, which is one of two books written about this case. Mm -hmm. The other one is by Michael Quinlan, and it's called Little Lost Angel. Mm. I've been told uh, by several sources that uh, the book to read is Little Lost Angel, if you can find it, mm. because that's the one that Shanda's family was consulted on. Okay. And Aphrodite Jones kind of puts her own spin on oh, okay, it. Yeah. yeah, she's kind of known for doing that. Uh, just just to get out of the way, what are what are our sources on this? What? Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. Wikipedia is is probably the best source if you're going to really do go in deep for for this one, mostly because it's really got all the the facts of the case, and right. that, and and that's like. Yeah, yeah. It's the so, best so, place to... Yeah. It consolidates all the information into one place. Yeah, sometimes Wikipedia is the best. Sometimes you have to be 
suspect of Wikipedia, but sometimes Wikipedia is the best. So They've really got everything from all of the news articles that have been written about the case. Okay. The biggest thing that I've been able to find is through Aphrodite Jones, which mm-hmm. we've talked about earlier, and it's the 1994 version of The Cruel Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And a good majority of the information that we have found is actually from that is on the Wikipedia site. Yeah. There's also stuff from the news articles, too, which is interesting. But once again, though, it is pretty much an amalgamation of the information. That, I mean, that's what the Wikipedia article is. It it pulls from several different sources. And, right. you know, I can pull them up at the end. But Well, and on a, on a quick note, uh, for $7.99, Google Play has Michael Quinlan's book, an ebook, and also Barnes & Noble does. Oh, good. For the Nook. Hmm. Yeah, I would, I actually want a copy in my hands. Right, right. I'm just I'm, saying I'm for just, those who I'm are that person. willing to ebook, yeah. Yeah. $8, Barnes and Noble, or Google Play. It's not bad. Not at all. So, at 2.30 in the morning, uh, Tony and Hope stayed behind as Lori and Melinda went country cruising. And they drove to the nearby town of Canaan. Shanda continued to make crying and gurgling noises. So Lori stopped the car. When they opened the trunk, Shanda sat up, covered in blood. Her eyes rolled back into her head, but she was unable to speak. Lori beat her with a tire iron until she was silent and then told Melinda to smell it. And... Yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming that smell it means that when you die and all of your everything lets loose. Yeah. Well, that she finally beat her to death, but she had to get stabbed and then beaten to death with a tire iron. iron. Stabbed order- multiple times. Yeah. D- different different occasions multiple mm-hmm. times. Well, while gurgling mm-hmm. in blood. Mm. It's yeah, it's then to be beaten to death with a, with tire not a it's, tire it's iron. Inhuman. Yeah, this is ridiculous, even for teenage girls. It is, yeah, it is, yes. a, it is a level of cruelty and sociopathy that you don't expect out of a child. No, no. I'm sorry. At 15, 16, 17, they're still considered children. Yeah, they're minors. Yeah. I mean, you, you expect a certain amount of sociopathy and lack lack of empathy yeah. from a teenager, but not that. Yeah. Not a, you know, not that level. Jesus. Yeah, it's it's pretty fucking horrible. <laughs> this is a rough one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I warned you that it was it was. What, but was the was it the tire iron that finally did her in? I think so. Remember? No. 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 Oh, fuck. no. no she was still There's alive because she had to be burned. Hmm. So, uh, Melinda and Lori went back to Lori's house just before daybreak to clean up again. Hope asked about Shanda, and Lori laughingly described the torture. The conversation woke up Lori's mother, who yelled at her daughter for being out late and bringing the girls home, so Lori agreed to take them home. She drove to the burn pile where they opened the trunk to stare at Shanda. Tony refused. Mm Mm-hmm. And Hope sprayed Shanda with Windex and taunted, you're not going to look so hot now, are you? 
Then they drove to a gas station near Madison Consolidated High School, put gas in the car, bought a two liter of Pepsi. <laughs> Lori poured out the Pepsi and refilled the bottle with gas. <laughs> they drove north of Madison, past Jefferson Proving Ground to Lemon Road off US 421, uh, which apparently was known to Hope. Uh, Tony remained in the car while Lori and Hope wrapped Shanda, who was still alive, in a blanket and carried her to a field by the gravel country by the gravel country road. She wouldn't have been able to be alive long after being yeah. stabbed yeah. multiple times yeah. and then beaten with a tire iron. Yeah. She would have eventually died even if they didn't burn yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And I cannot confirm mm-hmm. it in here, but I do believe that I read somewhere that they also sodomized her with the tire iron. Jesus. Yeah, I haven't been able to find that either. No, but I I do remember that I read that somewhere. Well, and let's I let's hope that let's hope where. that's just a rumor. Let's yeah, that's say. what I'm hoping. Um, because that is even more dehumanizing than what they already did to her. Right. Uh. But what Lori and Hope wrapped Shanda, who is still alive in a blanket, carried her to a field by the gravel country road. Lori made Hope pour the gasoline on Shanda, and then they set her on fire. Hmm. Yeah, but Melinda was not convinced that uh, Shanda was dead, so they returned a few minutes later to pour the rest of the gasoline on her. Mm-hmm. Then they went to McDonald's for breakfast. <laughs> As you do. Oh, where geez. they laughed you always, about, you always they, go to Mickey D's, of course, or Denny's. Where they laughed about Shanda's body looking like one of the sausages that they were eating. Tony then phoned a friend and told her about the murder. Lori then dropped off Tony and Hope at their homes and finally returned to her own with Melinda. She told Amanda that they had killed Shanda and arranged to pick up Amanda later that day. A friend of Melinda's, Crystal Wathen, came over to to Melinda's house and they told her what had happened. Then the three girls drove to pick up Amanda and bring her back to Lovelace's house where they told Amanda the story. Both Amanda and Crystal were reluctant to believe the story until Lori showed them the trunk of the car with Shanda's bloody handprints and socks still present. Amanda she had was... kicked her own socks off in yeah. the trunk. Yeah. You yeah. know how much pressure you have to do to kick your own socks off? That's nuts. Yeah. 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 Amanda was horrified and asked to be taken home. When they pulled up in front of her house, Melinda kissed her, told her she loved her, and pleaded with her not to tell anyone. Amanda promised she would not before entering her house. Hmm. That is... That's hard to process. Yeah, it is. It's surprising. I mean, they told so many people. Yeah. And Early. It, yeah. Yeah. They were bragging about it. Yeah. And it's like at some point someone someone had to go, wait. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what did I just hear? Right. But uh, you know, apparently no one did. Yeah. It's, the only one because... that actually noticed was Shonda's father that ended up reporting her missing, which mm-hmm. is how sh- this case even started. Hmm. Well, uh on the on the later on the morning of January eleventh. Uh, two brothers from Canaan were driving towards Jefferson Proving Ground to go hunting. They uh, 
noticed a body on the side of the road. They called police at 10.55 a.m., were asked to return to the body. Uh, David Cam, who was later acquitted of his own family's murders, was one of the responding officers, Jefferson County Sheriff. What? 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 Somebody was accused of murder, and he's the David responding Cam. officer. Okay, so that, that, that okay. That's that, a different. That's story. a hyperlink. We're not. We're not clicking. Nope, we're yeah. not. Yeah, we're not, we're not TV tropings that. No, no we're, we are not. We're just gonna. Jefferson. Wow. Yeah, Jefferson County uh, Sheriff Buck Shipley. Gazoon <laughs> tight. Thank you. I hate ragweed, y'all. Yeah, it is. It is uh, miserable. Summer's for way too damn long. This is not summer, and it is not fall. This is hell's front porch. Yeah. This is the uh, what they're calling the dog days of summer. No, this is hell's front porch. Yeah, it's miserable. And I hate it, and mm-hmm. I'm so fucking sick of ragweed. Yeah, it should be cold. It should be cold. Okay. <laughs> it should fucking rain. It's supposed to rain on the first day of, some, of autumn. Great. Okay, let's get back. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, and detectives began an investigation, collecting forensic evidence at the scene. They initially suspected a drug deal had gone wrong and did not believe the crime had been committed by, committed by locals. Uh, Shanda's father, Stephen, noticed his daughter was nowhere to be found early on January 11th. After calling neighbors and friends all morning, he called his former wife, Shanda's mother, at 1.45 p.m., they met and filed a missing persons report with the Clark County Sheriff. At 8.20 p.m., a hysterical Tony Lawrence and Hope Rippey went to the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office with their parents. They both gave very rambling statements, identifying the victim as Shanda, naming the two other girls involved as best they could, and describing the main events of the previous night. Shipley contacted the Clark County Sheriff and was finally able to match the body to Sheriff's missing persons report. Hmm. Detectives obtained dental records that positively identified Shanda Braces, as the victim. yeah. The braces probably made it very easy. Melinda what, and Lori what, how, were arrested on January 12th. How badly was she? I, I don't... It's a bad question, but how badly was she burned? I've seen the crime scene photos. Okay. I wouldn't recommend looking them okay. up. Okay. It's bad. All right. All right. The bulk of the evidence for the arrest warrant were uh, Tony Lawrence and Hope Ruby's statements. The prosecution immediately declared its intention to try both Melinda and Lori as adults. For several months, the prosecution and defense attorneys did not release any information about the case, giving news media only the statements by Tony Lawrence and Hope Ruby. All four girls were charged as adults. To avoid the death penalty, the girls accepted plea bargains. In the timeline of events, in, on April 22nd, 1992, Tony Lawrence accepts a plea bargain. Uh, September 21st, 1992, Melinda Lovelace and Lori Tackett accept plea bargains. January 4th, 1993, Melinda Lovelace is sentenced to 60 years. December 14th, 2000, Tony Lawrence... As released on parole. November 3rd, 2004, a judge reduces Hope Ruby's sentence to 35 years. April 8th, 2006, Hope Ruby was released on parole. Hmm. January 11th, 2018, Lori Tackett was released on parole. And September 5th, 2019, Melinda Lovelace was released on parole. You mean two weeks ago? Yeah. 
two weeks ago. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, she... Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's a good one. Number number one, it's this. This is one a hard one to deal with. With uh, they're all hard to deal with. They are. But normally, the the perpetrators, uh, like fucking Dennis Rader, BTK, he's a fucking nerd. You can say all sorts of shit about him. Yeah. He's a fucking nerd, and it's it's easy to to kind of to get why he's why he is like he is, and like. But these are just girls. They don't. Besides their horrible upbringing. These are little girls. And it's, And nobody yeah. thinks that girls can be just as bad. Oh, I do. But but well, but, yeah, yeah, you but, do. but not like that. You know. Any child. Any child. Yeah. But it's I don't know. I think it has to do with the fact that Melinda Lovelace was a dominant personality. Yes. Very much so, a dominant personality. On top of that, she Her was... And Lori Tackett. Yeah, they were both dominant personalities. Yeah. So you have those two telling everybody else what to do, how to do it. All four of them cut and had obvious depression issues, which allowed them to be impressionable and gave them the opportunity to just mm-hmm. do something incredibly stupid where Loveless and Lori really didn't have a chance no. to have a normal, what definition in quotations, normal relationship with their parents or society would be at yeah. all, especially Melinda. Yeah. I mean... In 2007, her attorney uh, requested a hearing to argue for her release and uh, said that she had been profoundly retarded by childhood abuse. Right. It's, well, number one, they never should have been, they never should have been tried as adults. Um, I know, I know that, I don't know, I don't know what your opinion on that is, but biologically, they are not adults. Like you so said, we talk about being 20, 25 is when your brain yeah. stops cooking. The, at that age, especially with their, with with this, the extenuating circumstances of their abuse, their pre their prefrontal cortexes are not are fully not, developed. Yeah, they don't have a capacity. They don't have a capacity for empathy. They don't have a capacity for for higher decision making for consequences. The the most developed part of the brain is their limbic region, which is you know the. Limbic region is where the, just the basic necessities, right, shelter, right. sex, food. Yeah, violence. Yeah, that's, that's violence. Right. And that's the fight or flight. Yeah. So you really, it's, but I mean, of course they should be put away, but they should not be tried as adults. In they shouldn't have never been in prison. And I agree with you. At that point, you or need to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Every single one of them. At that point, it it would have been an asylum of some sort or a sanitarium, even if we don't have those. Yeah, they should have been in public. Yeah, I'm not not saying they should be let's go scot-free, but not even now. But, you know. I mean, my issue, though, is that they destroyed a family. Yeah. Ultimately, the four of them didn't just kill this little girl. They damn near destroyed her family. Mm -hmm. Her father... Can we add the media to that? Because the media helped destroy that family. They did. And they should be held accountable. 
I have very strong views on that, too. We'll go into that later. Yeah. Mm. Uh, her father, uh, at the age of 53 in 2005, died of alcoholism. He literally drank himself to death yeah. because he was self-medicating. Mm-hmm. At that point, you know that there's some kind of mental disorder. Yeah. So I- you add on to what Melinda had. You add on to what Lori had. And you know if alcoholism is a disease, because it is, kind of any addiction is a disease. At that and that's p- Shanda's daddy. Yeah. And that's yeah. Shanda. Yeah. So that, and, and you know, and this was after her death that he started drinking. Yeah. Because he was trying to cope with, you know, all this shit that they had been put through. Right. Between yeah, between the Media, everything had to do with with Shonda, uh, with Shonda and all of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. two thousand five. I'm honestly not to sound hateful in any way because I'm not. I'm surprised he lasted that long. Oh yeah, yeah. But like, like I said, they they yeah they committed an atrocity. Yeah, they committed a straight up atrocity. Oh yeah, but they are not adults. No, and they should not have been tried as adults. They should have been put away for a long, long time, and I really don't think they should have got parole. No, they should be some under some kind of observation, but but yeah, but they never should the net the death penalty should have never been an option for them. And I don't think it ever was. Well, I mean, no, not they, really. No. Oh, you well, you did say they plea bargained out of it, right? Yeah, but I don't think it was really seriously on the table. Right. right. I, that's the thing about the judicial court is they don't want you. They, they don't want you to go to major court anyway. They want you to go to plea out. Because mm-hmm. if everybody went to court, they'd still be doing courts from 1992. Right. Yep. Right. I don't know. Like I said, it's just like I said, it's just one of those things where you have a lot of conflicting feelings about it. Because like I said, they did something awful. Yeah. They did something incredibly awful. And I should never open the windows. <laughs> Neighbors damn dogs. I apologize. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> the neighbor. Neighbor, yeah. But for me, I mean, the big thing. I hope they can hear. Us, was... I hope they can hear us talking about murder. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't like my neighbors. Okay. But for me, the thing is, is that this was the twenty-four hour news cycle, right? And this was, I mean, you have to remember that January of nineteen ninety-two. I was a junior in high school. I remember this very, very vividly mm-hmm. because that is. That's what my friends and I were talking about at lunch because we were, we were the smart kids. Yeah. And we were, you know, very involved in. You read the news, you read the newspaper in the library. Yeah. 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 We were those kids. So was I. So we knew the shit that was going on Mm -hmm. and this really bothered us. Yeah. Because we couldn't, we, we couldn't wrap our brains around lacking the empathy mm-hmm. for a 12-year-old child. Yeah. Because, I mean, a lot of us had 12-year-old siblings. Right. You know, I mean, let's see. Yeah. Like, How old was Sam in He was 11, so right. he was close. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, considering that we're about six years apart. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, yeah, he annoys me, but I can't imagine actually, like, murdering Murder, yeah. him. Even now. You... <laughs> I mean. That look. Well, <laughs> but, uh, we get on each other's nerves yeah, right but now. Yeah, I would, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. no. But, yeah, like you said, it's it's just a very, it, 
it brings up a lot of complex emotions because yeah. again it's so horrible and it's it's and it's not even just you know accidental murder mm-hmm. where you know it's like you hit someone and they fall and they hit their head and they die of a fractured skull and you hide the body or something you know it's no. it's, it's not it's not that at all it's it's like they they, they took their time with her. They set out to murder her very deliberately. And they had so many chances to walk it back. Yeah. They had so many chances to walk it back. They, they had, I mean, they could have stopped after scaring her. Scaring her, stabbing her, burning her. Yeah. Yeah. We could have stopped with, you know, Melinda popping up, surprise, bitch. Yeah. You know. And, and, you know, the other three could go, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, that, no, no, be, dial it back. And that'd be that, oh, weird, no, 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 that no. weird story we're you're gonna, talking about. Yeah, we're yeah. going to take her home, and we're going to take you home. And we're never going to talk about this again, which is what happened a lot in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it would have been that thing, like, if it had stopped there, those girls would be like 35 one day drinking drinking wine out of a box. going. You remember that time, Melinda? <laughs> <laughs> drinking canned wine and going... Remember the time Melinda did that crazy shit with that little girl? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I wonder what happened to that little girl. Yeah, but, God, but I hope yeah, she doesn't remember that, right? But it, <laughs> as it, she goes through PTSD counseling, yeah, but at least that'd be yeah, a lot better than right, the alternative. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Jesus. Like I said, like I mean, look, we oof. did our fair share of crazy shit when I was in high school, yeah. but nothing involving threatening anybody with knives. Yeah. God bless. No, we we didn't do that there there are things that i will not talk about on this podcast Mm -hmm. because i don't know what the statute of limitations is yeah you told me that's pretty funny (laughs) uh i was i i started high school at the year of uh when columbine hit so i i i get the weird the weird shit Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um because they shut my school down they searched every single one of us especially us goth people that wore the trench coats and wore the stockings and wore the whatever yeah so yeah Yeah, i even i I, I, I got that the day after because i was not a popular kid surprise surprise and so instead of going instead of you know going after the people that were kind of tormenting me uh they just said you feel all right, Wes? You know you're not gonna bring any uh, like, like you Guns know it. Like school. so, you know what's going on, and only now you say anything about it. I mean that's that's just how I mean that's that's you know, yeah. but uh, but yeah, it just that the, that time was fucked up. The nineties, the nineties was. <laughs> there was there there was thirty two hundred kids in my school. Right. They only targeted certain groups. They didn't have time for oh, everybody else. Oh, there was one hundred twenty kids in my school, and I was the targeted group. Yeah. <laughs> Me, me, and one kid, me and one like dirty freshman. That was it. I mean, but uh, I, mean, I, I remember. Okay. I but now look at me. You. I got a podcast. I still love you, even Thank with you, your baby. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember Columbine and thinking, I'm about to send my kid to kindergarten. Right. Oh with shit! This. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, it was just, it, it was such. Such a horrible, horrible feeling because it's just that. I know the feeling. The one, the, uh, you remember the movie theater that got shut up during that Batman movie? Yeah. Guess which movie theater I went to when I was living in Denver? Oh, Jesus. Yikes. So everybody I knew never went to opening night on anything. 
Yeah. We always waited a weekend or two because we were scared. Yeah. Right. I don't blame you. And because when that happened, texts were sent out, are you okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, granted, it was 300 people in that entire movie theater, but it was the fact that there was 300 people in that movie theater. Yeah. And that's nuts. Yeah. Well, I mean, we just went through September 11th again, mm-hmm. you know, because on the day on September 11th, it's always, we always remember September 11th, 2001. Yeah. And I remember very, very clearly that my brother called us and he's like, hey, you remember the World Trade Center? Yeah. It doesn't exist anymore. Excuse me. Right. I was in anatomy and physiology class. I remember. We were living in California. So we're behind everybody else and, you know, woke up, turned on the news and I took off running for the elementary school, which was just down the street Mm -hmm. and went and got our daughter. And they're like, oh, well, it's on the East Coast. I don't care if the world is ending today. Right. Our daughter is going to be with her parents. We Mm. will be together. And that is the end of the discussion. I didn't ask your permission. That's the joy of being the parent. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just, like I said, the 90s to to early 2000s. 90s and early 2000s were were a weird transitionary time where you were shaking off a lot of bad ideas. You had a lot of, still a lot of bad ideas from the 70s and 80s and and policies that were still in effect. But then you also had this new shit like the internet and cell phones. Yeah. And, you know. Women wanting equal pay. Right. But, 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 you know, but like I said, you just, you just had all this weird friction of, like it was a weird time, you know. It's yeah. you, you think well, you, in the back, you know, you think about the nineties. Well, people, you know, it was the nineties. It was a modern world, but but shit like this, kids could, could still go down the drain in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, you know, and no one would notice. So. I mean, I, I I graduated in ninety three, so I still remember a lot of that. Right. Yeah. Right. But you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're. Hmm. We're just rambling now, so yeah. yeah. Like I said, th- th- this this took a lot out of us. This was this yeah. was an emotional one because yeah. you know there's this one is a rough one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so we want to hear your opinions, what your <laughs> thoughts are. Facebook, Colonels of Truth. Our Instagram at Kentucky Colonels of Truth. Um, what's our Twitter? At of Colonels. All right, and our Gmail. Can, uh. Kentucky Colonels of Truth at gmail.com. And you have to spell out the state name, K-E-N-T-U-C-K-Y. And Colonels is like the rank and not the annoying thing that gets stuck between your teeth. Of course. And we also have that uh, voicemail because we do screen our calls at 270-681-2869. And what's our uh, website, just in case anybody wants to look at us directly? Anchor.fm backslash K-C-O-T. You can leave us a voice message on Anchor. Yeah, it's in the it's in the uh, you can click it in the uh, in the show notes. Yes. All right. And All just right. remember, three more votes for West to do a reading. Right. Yep. All right. Right. I'll do it. Just three more. I'll get up on this microphone. And Wes will read Bigfoot erotica. Big old hairy and. Now you remember you might you might be, you might be reading lesbian Bigfoot erotica, so you're gonna have to adjust now. Okay. 
All right. So with I'm that, waiting for it. Anything <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say will get me slapped. So I, <laughs> well, that'll that'll be interesting radio too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. And with that being said, gentlemen and lady, what does Kentucky say? Fuck, Fuck you. you. I do what I want.